Hello and welcome to the Casuals to Degenerates podcast. I'm your host, Luke Probasco, and you know, it's just like the old days. I got my co-host here, Jacob Belleville. Welcome, Jacob. Hello, how we doing? I mean, you know what they say, three's a crowd, uh, tweets enjoying Mexico or on his way to enjoy Mexico. Um, I mean, it was like 55 here in Muscatine, so I don't know why you need to go to Mexico. I mean great weather here in the midwest yeah he i think he went for the water do bears like salt water oh i I meant the tap water oh the tap water (laughs) i maybe there's you know maybe there's a uh we all know how we hydrate you know yeah maybe there's a maybe there's a, a prospect down there in in cancun that he's going down there to see maybe that's it because we know how much like work he does in researching these prospects maybe there's he a thought, top... maybe he thought he had to go all the way to cancun to get a potato ole <laughs> we're not sure <laughs> all, all the things that the bear thinks about we're not sure exactly on the process and are things the most efficient we're not sure but I mean, I guess track record says not like he bought a lot of assets to finish second on the NCAA side. I think that was not that efficient. Like, if you weren't going to win, just keep what you have. Yeah, he got some good pieces, though, too. Yeah. There's like this quarterback from LSU that he got. Yeah. He could go in the first round. Yep. Just like Brandon Whedon. Um, there is, he got Luther Burden. Yeah, that's did a good he? one. I don't remember. What yeah. did Ian get? Didn't you uh, get? Ian got Jordan Love. Well, didn't didn't he? Didn't you give him a wide receiver? I don't remember that trade. I gave him Quinshawn Judkins. Oh. Okay. He wanted Malik Neighbors, but I'm like, eh. He turned out pretty good. Well, we've had some struggles at the wide receiver position recently. <sighs> So make sure you go out, rate, download, review, only five-star reviews, only great reviews. If you have bad things to say, my mom taught me, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So keep it to yourself. Uh, We only want the good stuff. Um, But I got a quick hitter, and and there's not a comparison, like typically, but I've got – I've got three things that I want to want to talk about here. Two NFL, one college, ish. You are the Washington Commanders. You have the number two pick. What are what is GM Jacob doing with that number two pick? We are drafting either Caleb Williams or Drake May. And we're not looking back. Do you feel like it would be beneficial to give up whatever you need to to get the guy that you want whoever that may be or do you want to say you know we're gonna get what falls to me and let's just say it goes like let's just say it goes caleb williams drake may jalen daniels and then like you know jalen daniels hits kind of like a cj stroud and like all right, well, you you missed it. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like that's a, a fear that might be a real fear that, you know, hey, let's just go get the guy that we think is the best. But then you might put your team back, you know, several years because you picked the wrong the wrong guy. Yeah, if you then trade up to get to the first pick to take who you want. I mean, it worked for the Bears, right? And got Trubisky. They got Trubisky. Um, I think unlike other GMs, GM Belleville realizes that he doesn't have a crystal ball, and so he's going to sit there at two, and he's going to take whoever's left. All right. That's the other it's, it's thing. Both guys are great prospects. So unless you have some magic power to deduce who's going to be better in the NFL when they're very different – yeah, just take what take what comes to you. Don't sell. Part of me also go and get the one that you think is better. Part of me also like wonders, you know, why why get a quarterback when you're so far away? And I feel like teams, you know, it was you know just like the the Aaron Rodgers, like you had the development sit and develop for a little bit, but now you're you know quarterbacks are a lot better than they used to be. And you're kind of expected to come in, and your coach only has a year, two years, maybe three years before they're canned. And you know, depending on what pick you are, you know, you get a little leeway here or there. But then you're like learning a new offensive court. Like, you know, Baker is a prime example. Like he was number one pick, and then has these different offensive coordinators, and then you know doesn't really piece it together. You know, he's fine, but if you don't come out and perform right away, then you're viewed as this bus, like, you know, kind of how people are talking about Justin Fields. Like, is he a good quarterback? Is he not? And, you know, people are on both sides of the fence, depending on how you want to look at it. It's like, why not just trade down, get more picks, get offensive line, defensive line, get all the other holes before you go get your quarterback. But I also realize you got to sell tickets too. Got to sell tickets, and I think, I think where it breaks down is where people want to say it's black and white, like Justin Fields is awful or he's good, right? The reality is is that he's probably a middle of the pack quarterback in the National Football League, right? How often do you? I guess the Bears have been there a few times, but <laughs> how often are are you expecting your team to have a pick in the top three? to get, you know, one of these great quarterback prospects. Probably not that often. I don't know. The Lions did it for a long time, but they chose wide receivers. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, you're going to replace that mid-level mid-level quarterback if you have the chance to upgrade it. Because what does Mangini call it? It's like a force multiplier at that position. When you get one of those guys, they make everybody better. How did the Kansas City Chiefs – well, I shouldn't say that. The Chiefs are in the Super Bowl because of their defense. But the only reason they're even putting up 17 to 24 points a game is because of Patrick Mahomes because the rest of that offense kind of stinks. Next question. You are GM Jacob, but now you work for the Giants. What are you doing at pick – Six, and I guess first before I ask anything, are you are you franchising Saquon again? Um, no. Or what are you doing with Saquon? Letting him go, tr- sign and trade. 
And yeah. then what do you what do you attack? Is Daniel you paid Daniel Jones, so I assume that he's your guy. Do you take Malik Neighbors? Do you take is Jayden, linemen? Is Jaden Daniels available? I mean, I mean, let's think about it. So you got you tell me. Bears. Bears. Let's see here. No, J- Daniels is not available. Because I'm going to assume you got Bears take a quarterback, Washington takes a quarterback, Patriots take whoever's left at quarterback because they did not pick up uh, Mac Jones' fifth year. So, like, he's gone. So they're just going to take who's ever left, assuming nobody jumps. Oh, no, it doesn't matter as long as they don't move. So then that leaves at four, which I'm trying to think who's got four and five. Chargers are in there. So let's just say quarterbacks are off the board. Yep. Cardinals. So then it would be Cardinals, Chargers, Giants. <clears throat> so well, if it's probably a wide receiver's gone at Arizona. Mm-hmm. Same with well, Chargers, potentially a wide receiver's gone too. So, yeah, I'm taking, like, Joe Alt or Fashanu. taking that lineman. Listen, the Giants haven't done anything to improve their offensive line in seven years. I wonder why they've been bad. Because their their offensive line per PFF, I believe, was number, like, 30, 29. Like, it was... So, you can go back, like, probably seven, eight years, and the app that they probably finished in PFF is probably... 28th in the league. I'm trying to think because they did draft some linemen and then, you know, and did not pan out. I'm yeah, but seriously, like, what do you want me to do with, with re signing Saquon Barkley? What should I do? No, I'm just, I'm just, I feel like he was, eff- he was effective when he was out there. But again, the offensive line sucks. That's great, but like we can't even maximize him because we can't move anybody. Well, then are you going to sign him and trade him so you can get something out of him? Sure. So, I think I think going lineman tackle is is the right <clears throat> is the right uh, move there for them. But yeah, I mean, you you signed Daniel Jones to a contract. You probably should get some guys to help them out there on the line. But then, yeah, you know, there's been mock drafts and stuff where they take a wide receiver because uh, Hyatt's been super great for him. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. been great. But I will say, like, if Jaden Daniels falls to six, they better be taking him. Like, you know that Daniel Jones isn't your guy. You have an out after three years, I believe, in his contract. Yeah, so they took Evan Neal at number seven. They took Kayvon Thibodeau at five, Evan Neal at seven in 2022. Hmm. And then, yeah, and then Evan Neal just kind of hasn't been great. Maybe they need to address free agency a little bit and quit paying Saquon. So, and my last quick hitter. Quit paying Daniel what, Jones. What? First of all, who do you think is a Better coach, overall coach, me, Pete Carroll, or uh, Harbaugh here for the Chargers. I'm trying to remember if it's Jim, right? Jim Harbaugh, yeah. 
Well, coaches don't matter, but I would say uh, Pete Carroll because he wins championships. So he's won them at USC. He's won Super Bowls. How many Super Bowls does Jim Harbaugh have to win before he overtakes Pete Carroll? Two. Two. All well, right. No, three because doesn't Pete have two? Pete has two, but he also has more national championships. Ooh, okay. Well, Super Bowls count for more, so three. Three. Three? Okay. That's uh, that's what we call success. Anything less than three Super Bowls <laughs> at the Chargers, uh, a fail for Jim Harbaugh. Moving into Michigan, the OC, Sharon Moore, gets hired Wait, at a five. One second. Can you imagine the parade when the Chargers win the Super Bowl? There'll be tens of people. It's gonna all in their like, khakis. It's gonna look like a line outside of a food truck. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be so much confetti, and people are gonna be like, "Why are people littering?" They're gonna be very upset. But Sharon Moore, OC, uh, Michigan, gets hired to become the head coach. Signs a five-year deal, which starts at five point five million dollars per year. Now, Sharon Moore, I think he could have been Purdue's coach last year, chose not to, comes back, gets the Michigan job, I would say in general, Michigan job greater than Purdue job. So that's great. But, you know, Michigan was willing to make Jim Harbaugh the highest paid coach it's like, well, didn't get that. Trone, we'll give you a $5.5 million. Huge. Uh, he's like, yep, yeah, I'll take that. The other funny part is I am greatly under the impression that Michigan and Harbaugh had a deal in line, ready to sign, for an extension mid-season, then the whole Spygate type thing comes out. The university decides it's in their best interest to not extend him under these cheating allegations. Wait till the heat dies off. Goes, wins the Super Bowl. All right, let's get our guy paid. All right, I am off to the NFL. Like, <laughs> like... What a crazy series of events over the course of the year. Like Michigan could have had their guy, you know, locked up because of the cheating. Let's not. Okay. You've won the national championship. Here's everything you want, but not enough for your Harbaugh. Texas State, Jaden Delora, he transfers. So let's go through his, his story. He transfers to Texas State, you know, two weeks ago or so. He has since unenrolled at Texas State. He was born in Hawaii, goes to school at Washington State, starts there for a year, transfers to Arizona, plays well, gets injured, loses the job to Fafita, transfers to Texas State. While he was in Arizona, he had a legal battle going on that actually, I guess, kind of started. He was a senior in high school. It happened in the the state of Hawaii. 
and there was some con there was some talk about it when he was at Washington State, but nothing really came of it. But so it happened when he was under 18. Uh, there was a assault allegation and uh, let's see here in August 31st of 2023 um, a judge so they came to a settlement a judge rejects the settlement and says due to NIL your circumstances have changed the money that you agreed to give this person is too small you should be able to give this person a lot more money. Well, and there's the wording is I can't in good faith let this go through. So you owe more money. So you came to a settlement. I don't accept it, even though everybody, all the other parties did. Um, then there was a huge rally that was going to take place at Texas State. Students were all behind it. They didn't want him there. This and that. Uh, so he unenrolls. But in that time frame, TJ Finley, former Auburn quarterback, transfers out. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly where he went. So now Texas State is left without a quarterback during this time frame. And... They've got an exciting offense, but who is going to be the quarterback for that team right now? Right now, nobody. TJ Finley's going to Western Kentucky. Yeah, that's right. Western Kentucky. Yeah, that sounds like a mess. Um <laughs> so yeah, you know, the 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 decisions you make as an 18, 17 year old can really uh mess things up because he's like uh i think he's a senior mm -hmm. or a junior one two he's, got, he's probably he's got to be a senior so it's like you know and the legal process takes a while so that's that's just this and and he is on i think rinker has him on his team so makes sense i doubt he plays football probably give him to tweet tweet likes those types of players yep so anyways i thought that was interesting and then just days ago the NCAA um, comes down with uh, they want to they want to get Tennessee for Nico uh, providing a private jet to get him to come and recruiting visits this and that. So then the the state of T or Tennessee is also still dealing with the probation uh, for Jeremy Pruitt the whole McDonald's bag incident this and that. But they don't want to get hit with more violations. Um, what happened last time with the Pruitt? Like they got a they got a eight million dollar fine. They had scholarships taken away. Um, Pruitt got a six year show cause. So show cause means if you're going to get hired, you have to show cause that they deserve a job. Pretty much is a killer. Like you're not coaching ever again. Um, a full season suspensions for any school that wants to hire him uh, within that window and other staffers were assessed with sanctions that could keep him from coaching for several years. Also a booster was kept from 
coaching for several years, or the booster was disassociated with the program for 10 years. So right now there is a collective for all of Tennessee sports called Spire Sports Collective, where pretty much they are the money, they are the hedge fund giving all these players money. Well, Tennessee's got some skin in the game. They decide, you know what? We're suing the NCAA. I can't remember the exact wording. There's a particular thing that they say that, you know, they're impeding on. But then also, which I found interesting, I didn't dive into this, but the state of Virginia is like, yeah, we want to join that. I don't know what Virginia's got skin in the game for, but they're like, yeah, this is not great. You know, if I can only assume it's basketball related because that's what they're good at. Um, <clears throat> so what ten or yeah, what Tennessee is saying is like everything we did is legal. Like, yes, we gave him eight million dollars. We signed everything in California where players can make money as seniors. Um, so nothing we did, we didn't break any rules. Also, all the stuff people said that you needed to make rules, you said no, so you just gave guidance. And so you're saying that we broke your guidance? Like, that's not breaking a rule. There's nothing that we did wrong. So we're suing you. So I also believe through, you know, the reading, and I've listened to a couple podcasts that have some lawyers that have talked about it. Really seems like the NCAA is screwed on this one. They're not going to win it. Um, But the court systems will take a while. And it's... It'll be interesting to see, they say, how many states join this lawsuit because there will be people that join it. And then once the states win, we are going to be, that's going to facilitate the players becoming, I don't know, paid employees a little mm-hmm. bit sooner. A lot to, unpack there yes what what thoughts do you have my my first thought is when's the last time the ncaa won anything (laughs) Uh, was it when they took reggie bush's heisman it might it might be it might be that Uh, i'm just no the people that work for the ncaa probably don't like the ncaa at this point they're like we did what now we're in the news for what today remember remember and it wasn't even football related but remember march madness a few years ago when the women are like look look at our gym that we have here look <laughs> at the food that we eat and what the men eat and then everybody's kind of looking sideways at the ncaa of wait a minute like i get that the men like men's basketball was paying the bills or whatever but the yeah. whole point is <laughs> Is to have some type of equality across sports with Title IX. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, only a matter of time before the NCAA and probably just football. Like, there'll probably still be an NCAA for other sports, but not football. And, you know, you'll have a players' union, uh, maybe a salary cap. You'll know who's getting paid. Healthcare. Injuries. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, a lot, a lot to unpack there. I'm not sure if anybody's been following it or aware, but I do think it is something interesting and nothing's going to happen fast, but I think it's something that 
know, in the next, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next five, five to eight years with this. And I think this will be the thing that we look back on. And this is what facilitated things moving a little faster. Other things going on in the NCAA, Jeff Halfley goes to the D.C. at the Packers. He was the B.C. head coach. Uh, So 30-day window opens up for Boston College. Everyone's already enrolled in classes. Everything started. So no one's going to be leaving because you can't go anywhere to be a part of spring practice. So I anticipate everyone stays. No one comes in. Um, Wait till spring practice comes along. But, you know, what is that? I mean... Thomas Castellanos is there. I feel like I, I can't remember all the transfers that they brought in, but they did bring in several transfers. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen at BC. I know you think that everybody's going to stay, but just hear me out. What if somebody charters a private jet and flies one of the players to California and pays them a whole bunch of money? But then they can't enroll in school. And they can't play in spring practice, and they'll have to wait. They have to wait until summer. That's all right. You can take take a little time off from school. Enjoy your money. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. um, Got that. Uh, Big news. It's not college news, but it might as well be because the guy never made an impact in the NFL. Carson Strong retires from the NFL. Uh did not see that coming. Honestly, forgot he was in the NFL. So he could barely move, he could barely move in college. I think Corey might have Carson Strong on his team. I'm not sure, but I feel like that you know was a guy on his team. But yeah, that is our NCAA news. I just remember him running like he was the Tin Man in Wizard of Oz. He could he could launch it though. Oh yeah, yeah. So, Jacob and I, it was supposed to be Tweet. Also, I guess I forgot to mention the elephant in the room. We did not have a podcast last week. We were supposed to, all three of us. We were going to have a podcast. I promised one, dropping Saturday morning. It did not happen to our our league. We had some idiot somewhere in the, in the city uh, cut a fiber cable, and my internet didn't work. It was the most boring Friday night of all time because I stream my TV. Like even my phone internet wouldn't work. So I've got no computer, no cell phone, can't stream music. Um, luckily I had a couple podcasts downloaded that I could listen to. Uh, couldn't watch TV. I could go find my DVD player and like hook that up and play a DVD, but Clean the dust off of it. Yeah. So I did like a lot of laundry. That's how I spent a Friday night. I did go to bed early. So that was a plus. Also, my Friday nights are a little bit different with two kids than they used to be. But was real boring. So obviously, then I couldn't get on. I had to actually call tweet. Luckily, he answered. He like never answers the phone because I couldn't get on Twitter where we normally communicate. Had couldn't do that, so I had to call him. Like, hey, I'm not going to be here. Get a hold of Jacob. I'm going to tape. So here we are. Got a lot going on. 
So with all that being said, what we did have planned that we are now going to execute this week, Tweet did not put in his players, but we are going to evaluate your guys' NCAA teams. What we what you have on the roster, we're you know we're not really looking at what you're going to bring in because we don't know what you're going to bring in. So I kind of looked at it as what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, and maybe what you do need to address. And as things stand today, how Jacob has sees things in the league, and then how I see things in the league, and obviously. We're the only ones talking about the league, so our opinions are the loudest, which means they are right. Yeah, correct. And you guys do not have a voice. You guys are not on the podcast, so you guys are wrong. And whatever we say is goes. I mean, I think that's pretty much how it goes, right? Yeah, and uh, I would say mine differ a little, pro- a little bit probably from yours because obviously quarterbacks matter a little bit more in our league. But basically, I just graded every position that we start on a one to five scale of how I felt about it. So that's where you could have some discrepancies between our two rankings. But for the most part, kind of aligned, there is one outlier that we can talk about. All right. And I think the group consensus was to start at 10 and move to one. I believe it was what the poll was. So I will go first. All right. Number 10, Chad. Our champion, not Tweet's champion, but our league champion, Chad. You are at 10. I put your strength is the quarterback. You've got Seth Hennigan, Will Howard, Cam Ward, um, Kyle McCord, Dante Moore. You've got you've got some guys there. Oh, and Jelly, we can't forget about Angeli. Jelly, yeah. Oh, uh, yep, yep. But you had a lot of players that are out of eligibility or going to the NFL. You've got uh, Cowing, Jermaine Brown Jr., Jamari Thrash, Luke McCaffrey, Cephas, Vidal, Estime. Like your whole team is like gone. So, you know, at this point, you just got to draft anything with a pulse to fill out a roster. You've got 13 picks. Um, and you're gonna have 17 guys off your roster. Uh, yeah, I think that you're like uh, gonna be like the Nate of last year, where Nate kind of had to do some uh, wheeling and dealing to fill out his roster during the draft um, to get enough guys. I think I think you are not gonna have enough picks for open spots, and even if you use our four waiver pickups, you'll still be under. Which whatever you can make two for ones, things like that. Something to be aware of. Jacob, who did you put at number 10? I will say you're in luck, Chad, because I have too many picks. So if you would like some multiple late-round picks for a fifth-round pick, reach out. Okay? Um, My number 10, this one, far and away the worst team going into the draft, Chad. (laughs) I mean... It just is. Quarterback, you should be fine. But as of now, you're just going to struggle to find skill players to even fill your lineup. And it doesn't sound like you have picks to fill out your roster to get said skill players. You're in trouble, bud. Go Raiders. 
running his franchise like the Raiders, except for he won a championship. I don't know if he did. We'll ask Treat when he gets back. Okay. <laughs> Number nine for me, Corey. Um, I really didn't talk about tight ends for the most part when looking at people because there's not really great tight ends. But I did say, hey, your strength is tight end, Corey. I don't know if that's a good thing because tight ends, I don't know how much they really, really matter. Um, they matter but, a lot for like the top three. But uh, you got uh, Latchley, um, or yeah, and then uh, Dalvin, is it Dalvin Smith? Mm-hmm. Yep, Dalvin Smith. So you've got that wide receiver tight end. He played zero inline snaps as a tight end this year. So I'll be interested to see if he gets the tight end designation in fan tracks. If that goes away. There goes one of your strengths. Um, and if that's what you're leaning on is tight end in this league, not great. I also said that wide receivers are a strength of yours. Um, you've got Tez Johnson. You know, you believed in Tez. A uh, small guy, uh, ranked wide receiver 13 in our league. You believed in him, unlike other people on this podcast, mm-hmm. like Aaron Tweet. Um, you've got Tet McMillan, you've got, uh, Trey Harris in that offense that is going to be hopefully slinging the ball around a lot. You've got, I feel like there's some other pretty good wide receivers on the team. Love it. Kobe Prentice. There's some, there's some guys that I like, um, but Running back and quarterback needs addressed in the draft. You do have a couple good, you know, I mean, you have Salter as a good quarterback. Then Pratt's gone. Bo Nix is gone. Armstrong's gone. Will Howard's not going to play at Old Miss. Klubnik needs to take a step up. Got McNamara at Iowa, not going to happen. Grant Wells is gone out of uh, Vatek. Brady Allen, I don't think he plays at Louisville. So you definitely need to address the quarterbacks and then running backs. You got Ali gone, Ladinian Webb gone, Jalen Wright gone, Carson Steele gone, Ray Davis gone. Like they're Shipley gone. There's just not a lot of guys that you're going to have take over that come in at running back. So you're really going to have to hammer running back and quarterback uh, within this draft. Jacob, who do you have or – Thoughts on, I guess you'll get to Corey's team when you get to Corey's team. Who's your number nine? So I'll say this about Corey's team. I do have him higher. Um, I'll, I'll give those reasons when we get there. Okay. At nine, I have Dennis. Um, quarterback situation is just a mess. And it's kind of, this year is kind of like good luck picking out the good quarterbacks for fantasy that we have available on the waiver wire. And your quarterback situation could be even worse because I don't necessarily think that Nussmeyer is going to win the job over even A.J. Swan. So A.J. Swan's going to be available in the draft. You might be getting a starter for LSU. What, mid-rounds? Mid yeah, probably. I'm going to give the, I'm, you know, I'm going to give the, the edge to Nussmeyer. 
because um, when I looked at his team, you know, I gave it to Nussmeier. He's been in the program, uh, knows the playbook. Uh, we've talked about it in the in the chat. You know, Dennis and I both believe that being around matters. Getting that understanding that playbook. So I think I think Nuss is fine. But yeah, if you want to make sure you got the LSU quarterback, it might be a good pickup there, mm-hmm. Grim, to spend whichever round you decide to like get all of to take him in that one. I guess my other thing is the reason I have you at nine is just because realistically guys that I could see finish top 10 at their position, you've got maybe two. So if you don't have those big point scores from your week to week, it's just going to be tough to build out a roster that scores enough. Number eight. You know who we haven't talked about yet? Our new manager, Daniel, shows up. He's not the bottom of the barrel anymore. It's Chad. Mm-hmm. I take Daniel at eight. Running back is the strength, followed by quarterback. So you've got DJU. You've got Katron Allen, Cooley, um, Mahati, let's see here, who else? Jackson Dart, Sam Horn won't start for Missouri, but I, I do kind of like him. You've got Arch, who also won't start, but, you know, at some point he will be he will be good for you. You've got Glover at Utah. You've got Brian Thomas, who should get a couple touchdowns at Memphis. He's not going to be great for you. Uh, you have – He'll be sophomore Tavares Jones at Missouri. I, I do like. I don't know if he'll get any run this year, but I do like him and his profile. You've got Isaiah Bond, who's going to Texas in the portal. You've got some guys um, on this team that I do, I do like. But let's not forget, this is an orphan, and it's finished last every year, last mm-hmm. three years for a reason. But – I'm going to give Daniel benefit of the doubt comes from a background of college dynasty football. And I think he's going to know what he needs to do. And it's pretty easy to turn your college football team around. And I believe in Daniel. And I think he goes up to eight wins a couple games, probably wins more games this year with his team than this franchise has won uh, in all three years. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. Who's your number eight? My number eight is the number one hater, Ian. Um, I hate that guy. My notes I hate here, that guy. My notes here, um, intriguing quarterback mix, because he does have some good quarterbacks, and he's also got some guys that could have the potential to kind of go big, you know, have a huge season at some point, I should say. Guys like Nico the, that are getting their first shot at, you know, starting for a full year. You've just got a lot of unknowns at the other skill positions. I mean, I guess I'm not sold on like ETN to Georgia. Montreal Johnson was just as effective last year. Um, ETN kind of feels like just another guy, and he's going to a room that's got a bunch of guys. So, yeah, I was just very underwhelmed with Ian's team here. Dude can't draft. 
Like he skipped on Malik Neighbors for like ten rounds and then took him in the eleventh. Like what an idiot. Mm-hmm. What an idiot. All right, number seven. I have Brett. Honestly, kind of like your only strength is quarterback. Luckily, you got Quinn coming back for another year. Honestly, he might be one of the best quarterbacks coming back, at least most stable, and you know that team's put a lot around him. Uh, so Quinn, but now can he stay healthy? You also have Taylor Green, who goes now to Arkansas. You've got Avery Johnson, who's going to take over at Kansas State. EJ Warner going to Rice. So you've got some pretty good quarterback play. You need a lot of help in the running back and wide receiver rooms. You've got Jawar Jordan gone. You've got um, Cameron from FAU gone. Torrey Horton comes back, which is not great as a fifth-year guy, I believe. Uh, Sam Pickney gone. Rudolph uh, hasn't been great. Eric Brooks is gone. Halani's gone. You know, is Jeremiah Hunter ever going to get or Jarquez Hunter ever going to get some run at Auburn? Um, also have Naquan Wright from USF gone. You don't really have much, so you are really going to have to. Luckily, you've got JoJo Earl uh, that can just slot right in there. Uh, Jacob, big fan of JoJo. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, there is. There's a lot to be had, and honestly, if your draft ends up like it was last year, you might be lower than seven. Gonna have to, gonna have to hit big on the draft. Who is your number seven? My number seven is the newcomer Dan. So, basically, uh, he definitely needs just more bodies that are gonna score points on the roster, but it does feel like some of the transfer spots really worked out for him. You got Will Shepard going to Colorado to play with Shador Sanders. I mean, you've got I think you you talked about a few of them, but Bond and Dart. I think Bond going down. to Texas is could be like home run hit. You got Dart, who I think I wouldn't really be surprised if he was the number one QB this next year, fantasy wise. Yep. Uh oh, and then we think- forgot Luke Haas. Luke Haas looks like a complete stud at tight end. True freshman, averaged 12 points a game. Having a great year. Broke his collarbone, I think, in October or September. Should be good to go here in uh, spring practices. So, yeah, a name that people will likely have forgotten about. He was producing well. well. And listen, like, he's averaging 12 points (gasps) a freshman. He comes in this next year, he gets – if you're getting 15 points a game out of your tight end spot, that's making a difference on your team. So, yeah, I got Dan at seven. Number six for me is the just making the playoffs, I guess, if we, if we look at it this way, is the appropriately ranked team out of all of the teams, and that's Nate. I put that your strength is quarterback and you will need some wide receiver and running back help. You've got um, Donovan Smith coming back for Houston. He kind of had an up and down year, but scored quite a bit of points for you. You've got probably the best thing that could have happened was 
I honestly thought Dylan Gabriel was out of eligibility. You know, he goes and he finds an extra one in the back room. Um, really knows with this COVID stuff. But then he goes to Oregon, which I think is just a great spot. We saw what Bo Nix did and Dylan Gabriel. I don't think he's ever going to be. He'll be a guy that maybe holds a clipboard somewhere in the NFL. But I wouldn't expect anything. But, yeah, you get an extra eligibility out of him. I think that really, really helps. Then you've got um, Novasad, what happens with him. You've got Sam Levitt going to Arizona State. I think he's going to be the guy that starts at Arizona State, to be honest. You got Childs going from Oregon State to Michigan State. You got Shadur Sanders. Uh, hopefully they help with that offensive line, but he's still going to score points. You've got Tyler Shug going to Louisville, should be the starter. Dude hasn't put together a full season because he gets hurt every year. Uh, you can't bank on that, but I do like that. And you, you traded and got Connor Wegman, who, you know, we'll see what happens, but there's some promise there. So I really think you have a strong quarterback room. But yeah, like I don't even know what running backs and wide receivers you have. It's like, You've got Love transfers from Illinois to Purdue. Watson gone. Frank Gore gone. Do you want? Um, I think it's Cody Epps from BYU. Like, yeah, Cody Epps from BYU. I mean, is he making a difference for you? Marcus Carroll. Uh, he he goes from Georgia State to Missouri, I believe. Um, Polk. You've got Hunter, who, who's going to be there. Coleman, Draft. I do like DJ Giddens. That should be good for you. Bucky Irving gone. You're really going to have to, which luckily, you know, those are easy ones to really kind of go after. There's a lot of wide receivers. There's a lot of running backs. Yeah, that's what I feel like you uh, need to, to address. What about you at number six, Jacob? So at number six, I have Brett. And Brett, I'm just going to be blunt about this. I would have put you in ninth if Tory Horton hadn't come back to Colorado State. Outside of that, I got nothing else to say here. All right. I mean, there's, Go to- so, many, there's so many points leaving the roster. You got question marks, and then you got guys that, frankly, I don't. You said so many points leaving the roster, he didn't even make the playoffs. Well, I guess not that many points, but <laughs> it's all relative, right? Yeah. yeah. Number five. Is there any more any more that you want to talk about, Brett? No, this is just rough. So number five for me is the manager who would have the best team if they would have never traded anybody away. Um, you know, they're the best player evaluator that I've seen this side of the Mississippi. Um, but then, you know, make some bad decisions here and there. But that's kind of what the, the alcohol will do to you. You'll make some rash decisions, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that's Dennis. Dennis at number five for me. I put that your strength is the wide receivers followed by the quarterbacks. Graham Mertz, 
I believe, is coming back for another year, and I think he is a capable quarterback that can get you, you know, 20 points a game or so. You've got – um that you just described every starting quarterback in the country. <laughs> You've got Donovan Edwards, who is mid. He is. I don't. I don't just don't see it. Um, we'll have to see. Got, this, we'll have to see this next year when he gets like a full run. But yeah, he's like one of the two that I'm like, okay, maybe they could be top ten at their position. Um, you do have Jared Brown, who I believe transfers from Coastal Carolina to South Carolina and might honestly be their best wide receiver. Uh, and I, I don't even know if I want to call him a wide receiver. I'm just going to say he's going to be the most dynamic weapon there. I think they're going to look to get his, the ball into his hands in a lot of different ways. You've got Horn there for Colorado. Um, McGowan, Eugene Wilson at Florida. I, I, I do think you definitely have uh, – a solid wide receiver room to start. Uh, you've got JJ Cole. You've got McCall going from Coastal to NC State. You've got Nussmeyer. I do like your quarterbacks that you have. I do feel like running back is the big concern with this team. You got Donovan Edwards, Maccabee, um, Horrible. LJ Johnson. Like, that's kind of like it. You got Cole Cabana. Um, I just, I don't know. You spent up to get McCaskill. There's just not a lot of things that I, I like here from a running back spot. But I will give you credit with the wide receivers. I feel like that was very good. Um, and obviously, Dustin Hill coming into his second year at Florida State should uh, really pop off. Right, Jacob? I don't know about that, but there's a lot of um, opportunity to be had for a Florida State wide receiver, and I would say I really don't know who that would, that would be right now. So it could be Dustin Hill. Probably, I don't know. I'm not going to Probably not, though. <laughs> so who is your number five? Number five, Nate. Um, the perfectly ranked Nate. I'll be honest with you, this is a horrible team, but you got Dylan Gabriel, you got Wegman, and you got Shadur Sanders. They're probably going to get you into the playoffs. Other than that, your team's horrible. Is it kind of like Corey's team where Corey just rode those quarterbacks into the playoffs? Is that what he's going to do? Probably, yeah. All I mean, right. Yeah, no. So here at number four, my co-host, Jacob, I've got your strength as being running back and tight end. Again, I'm not bringing up tight ends very often, but as long as Gatson continues to keep that tight end eligibility, which I assume he will, um, that's going to set you up for success in comparison to other teams. Do they do they base that on like what they're listed on in the school site? Yes. Okay. So it doesn't I don't think it really matters how many inline snaps they have. They go based off of based off of the things that I have learned around what's his name? Was it CJ Donaldson when it was mm-hmm. the tight end playing running back for West Virginia? It's whatever the college 
site recognizes him as. Good, because my guy does not play in line. Yeah. Um, but you will have people, um, I you know, friend of the podcast, uh, um, Eric Froton talks about Tito's, or pretty much like tight ends who don't deserve their eligibility. Also, shout out to two people that we've had on the podcast, Debbie Dietz, C2C's Austin Nace, and Eric Froton with NBC Sports, both been on our podcast, and they are there were three writers that were nominated for fantasy football like writers of the year and those two were two of the three nominated and they've been on this podcast so we've got great guests when they come on for this podcast so pick their brains reach out to them on twitter tell them you're part of the league um definitely drop if they don't remember, drop you know my name. They'll probably remember this podcast because it's so unique. But congratulations to them, and uh, I'm glad that they've been on this podcast to pick their brains a little bit. But yeah, Jacob, I put your your other strength being running back. I really like Moffa coming back at Clemson. Should be the guy there. You've got. Um, Barnes at UTSA. I think he's going to be the unquestioned back there. Harden. I'm I'm kind of curious. Reports today came out and said that Washington is sniffing around at Chip Kelly to be their OC. Mm-hmm. We'll see what that changes, but I definitely like TJ Harden there. Let's see here. You've got Alston at Auburn. I really like Samuel Brown. We'll see if he gets on the field. You've got Caleb Jackson, Andrew Paul, Roger Robinson, Cam Seldon. You've got a lot of – your team's running back heavy, and I really like the guys that you have there. So I think that is your your strength. Wide receiver and quarterback are going to be the focused, I think, in the draft. You've got um, Riley Leonard – who goes to Notre Dame, probably quarterback two behind Angeli, right? Right, Chad. Chad knows it's going to be tough to see the field with Angeli there. Um, um you got Jacory Brown at Miami. Who they bring in Cam Ward. You've got Burt Emanuel at Central Michigan. Luckily, I'm trying to remember the. The other quarterback that was there that kind of took over. Local hero, um, Jace Bauer. Jace Bauer has transferred out. Um, I'm trying to remember where he went, but he went down south. So I think that quarterback room really opened up for Burt, so he should he should take take note there. You've Feels got have another great running back. Another great yep. <laughs> um yeah, and then I just like MJ Morris. Um, he's he goes and he joins Maryland, so we'll see what goes on there. But I think you're you've got some some opportunities there in the quarterback and then wide receiver. Um, Justice Ross Simmons, I really would have liked Tory Horton to move on so he could kind of take that. That doesn't happen that you're probably expecting. Uh, then you end up with almost what you think is 
is a great situation with Jeremiah Hunter going to Washington and uh, Jeremy Bernard at Washington. Then Kalen DeBoer moves on. Then luckily Bernard goes to Alabama, I believe, transfers there. Hunter still sticking with Washington. We'll see how how that goes. Maybe he's the next Tet McMillan, or I mean, not like actually, but like used in that capacity. Uh, you got Colby Young going to Georgia. Don't really love that, but uh, yeah, your your team's just mainly made out of running backs. I do like Malik Benson going to Florida State. Um, DJU made um, Silas Bolden a thing. I think Malik Benson could be made a thing if Bolden can be something. We'll see what Coleman can do there in Nebraska. You got Humphreys. Um, I think he goes to Georgia as well. That's uh, an upgrade from Vanderbilt, though. So, that, I mean, that's at least better. You know, a couple interesting things going on here. You got Shaz Preston going from Bama to Tulane. Tulane brings in a lot of guys. Um, you got Troy's coaching staff that comes over, takes over that position. We'll see how that goes. What does Adam Randall ever do at Clemson? Um, we'll see how that goes. And then I think the most interesting piece is Cordell Russell doesn't really do anything there for TCU, but then now goes to this offense, which I think you know could just get your best athletes the ball. So that's kind of. Those are my thoughts there on your team. Who do you have at number four? At number four, I have you. What? Yep. That that must be a misprint because nope. I guess oh I get it. Like the four on how it's typed, it looks like number ones just like at different angles. So I'm like three number ones. Mm, nope, you're number four. All right. All right. Why am I number four? You're number four because of Byron Brown, Jackson Arnold, and GNT will have you competing. With that being said, there are some unknowns with some of your player, some of the players that you might be counting on for this year. Right? So you got Jalen Milrow. Does that necessarily jive with what Kalen DeBoer wants to do? Does he remain the starting quarterback? Um, <coughs> we return very productive running backs. And Ollie Gordon, Damian Martinez, and you should have a very productive running back in either Jadon Blue or Cedric Baxter. So that's looking good. I'm not sold on some of the wide receivers, and I'm not sold on them being like kind of that top 15, like 10 to 15 range, uh, and putting up those bit because really that can like mask the fact that you might have five wide receivers that are scoring 10 points, but you got one that's scoring 25 every week. All of a sudden it's like, well, that's not that big of a deal. So that is kind of why I have you at four. I would like to say what I am really excited about is Damian Martinez this year. Going up, they've got three, what normally would be cupcake games are now like, Oregon, I can't remember the other two, but they're big boy games. And mm-hmm. they just plays the Mountain West the rest of the year. Like, they do split carries and stuff, but now you're going to have a new coaching staff in there. What do they do? And I think, you know, 60% of the carries against Mountain West teams uh, could be a, a, one of those cheat codes 
because uh, I just think they're going to have superior athletes. So I will say one of the things that I knocked your team for, because I just basically did one through five on each position, was tight end. And that's just because I don't know. Like, I think Colston Loveland is probably an NFL player. I just don't know if he's ever going to really score more than like that eight points a game that he did last year. Fair enough. Let's see here. Number three, I have Aaron, the Southern Bear, tweet at number three. So, tweet, I have your strength as wide receiver. And let's look at your wide receiver room. Luther Burden. That, I mean, what am I looking at? Why did I pick this? Okay, let's see here. I must have to scroll down here. I do like you have DJ Allen. Goes from TCU to UTSA. That could be interesting. They've They've always had wide receivers there. Samuel Brown at Houston. Emeka Abuka comes back for his senior year to Ohio State. We'll see what Hale does there for Bama in that um, system with DeBoer. You've got Greg Larvidane going to South Carolina. We'll see how that works out. Xavier Weaver for Colorado. Um, yeah, I think you're of what you have on your team, I think your strength is your wide receiver room. I think your quarterback room is above average with Tyler Van Dyke, um, Will Rogers just committed, recommitted to Washington. Then you get Austin Mack that goes to Alabama, and it sounds like they kind of pushed out Julian Sayan, five-star quarterback. So that move got you two starting quarterbacks at some point. I mean, maybe not Austin Mack this year. You got Drew Alar. You've got uh, sneaky Jalen Daniels kind of had those back injuries. He'll be back. Um, and then, yeah, your other ones are gone. So I think you have above average quarterback room, which should do well for you. Um, so I th think because of that, that really just leaves you flexible in the draft where you can kind of take, you have a little bit of everything on your team where you can kind of go after wide receiver. You can kind of go after running back, just whatever Whatever you need, I think you set your team up good for the draft this year. Jacob, what do you? Who do you have as number three? So this is going to be my shocker. Woo. I have Corey at number three. Woo. I think is that our outlier? That's our outlier. I that, think that's the outlier, and then you have Ian, obviously. Those okay. are the outliers where we we just differ in our preference. Yeah, I have Corey at nine. You have Corey at three. So tell me why you like Corey's team so much. All right. Here's why I like Corey's team. So I'm talking about like kind of your elite fantasy producers, those wide receiver ones, all that kind of stuff. Well, he's got two on his roster and Ted McMillan and Tez Johnson coming back. He's also got an elite option at quarterback in Caden Salter. So obviously quarterback, he needs to – find more guys <laughs> and try and get some more points there, but he still has Klubnik. I don't think Klubnik is, is ever going to live up to the hype that he had at one point, but is it out of the realm of possibility that Klubnik's scoring 25 points a game this next year? No. Um, and then when I look at his running backs, I actually still really like uh, Caleb Johnson 
I think Joe Quavius Marks can be pretty good um, at USC unless he gets beaten out by like a Quentin Joyner or Amari and Peterson who are just maybe better athletes, but he's pretty experienced as a runner. And then you've got Gavin Sawchuck, who I actually think could put up big points in the Oklahoma offense, even though I'm not really sold on his skill set. All right. Reasoning. Number two for me is Ian. Don't like it. Just yeah. Like, screw you, Ian. But I put uh, your strength as running back and quarterback. I really like the landing spot for KJ Jefferson going into that UCF offense. My concern is his weight. I don't think he's conditioned to run as many plays and run as fast as they want to. And then also being in that Florida heat. Um, So if he can come overcome those things, I definitely think that helps, but I, I do think he's a big body guy who's going to take some goal line. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he leads the nation in rushing touchdowns from the quarterback position. You've got Preston stone has a broken leg. He's coming back. Hopefully he comes back healthy. Um, SMU does make the shift over to uh, the ACC next year, so we'll see how that goes. Um, let's see here. Your other quarterbacks. I really liked Jaden Delora um, going to Texas State, then all that stuff happened. you got Nico. You've got Sellers and Vizina if Klubnik doesn't work out. So I do like kind of what in Keene, Mikey Keene. They're at Fresno State. So I do think you have a pretty deep quarterback room. And then running back-wise, you got ETN. I really like um, Travis, uh, Trishon Ward going from Kansas State to Boston College. Now with the Boston College coaching change, we'll see about that. But I do like that because they run the ball a lot. You got Buckley from Western Michigan. They ran the ball a whole bunch. They ran a lot of plays. They get a new offensive coordinator this year, so we'll see how that goes. I do like Hemby. One of the sneaky plays, I think, Jordan James, Oregon running back, I think puts up a lot of points this year. I like him. Uh, let's see here. What other running backs do you have? Jam Miller. We'll see what happens in that running back room. Um, C.J. Donaldson. I don't mind. Augustave as a freshman running back out of Arkansas. I, I do like him. We'll see if he gets any run. Um, he's definitely going to be behind – Trying to think of the other guy. He got a whole bunch of run two years ago in the in the bowl game, um, but yeah, I think he'll be a be a guy that you could. You got Brandon Branson Robinson on your team, Ruben Owens, um, Cartavius. Was it AJ Green? AJ Green is one of them, but there's like a bigger guy. I can't remember. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Um, and then. I'm not sure how I feel about Cartavius Norton going to Charlotte. Uh, he looked like a Tootsie Roll um, in his picture. Uh, maybe that's why he didn't really do anything at Iowa State. But Charlotte, not that great a competition. So we'll kind of see how that goes. That's a wait and see. But I definitely like your running backs in that room. Wide receivers is who I would target in your draft. Not that you have a bad set, but... You've got Antonio Williams, who's been struggling to stay healthy. You've got Keon Coleman going to Mississippi State. 
I don't really love Mississippi State. Barry and Brown just hasn't been good. Probably what you want. He had a great freshman year, and then since then, nothing really. I do like Jared Bradley going to Boston College um, from Texas Tech. Again, coaching change, so we'll see there. Other than that, you don't really have, you know, Troy Franklin goes to the NFL, McBride out of eligibility, worthy NFL, Jermaine Burton NFL. You don't really have any wide receivers. Really got to target that. But I think, again, there's so many wide receivers out there. There's a lot of wide receivers every play. You know, you got like three wide receivers on the field. It's probably if you've got a target a spot, that's the best one to target. Who is your number two? My number two is the Southern Bear. Um, new year, same team, but doesn't have elite quarterbacks this year. He still has good options, but this is not a championship winning team. This is a second place team. This is a third place team. Um, he really needs to start making moves. He can't just sit back and let the season happen like he did last year. He's got to start making some trades. Got to start selling out for the for the college championship. Heard that tweet? Let's make some moves. Uh, Jacob, I mean, you mentioned in the in the chat that you and Jacob haven't got as many deals done as you thought. Um, I think you just need to reach out to Jacob and, and make some moves. And then for me... Got a lot of like middle of the road guys that are going to be entering that lineup. For me, I have number one. Me, of course. What? Like I'm, you know, I'm number one. Of course, I'm number one. You know. Also, we made this like last week, but I felt pretty. I feel like quarterback play is more unknown than ever before. You don't really have that top guy, you don't have your Caleb Williams. You don't have your Drake, you know, somebody that you can really count on to come back. And I felt like I had a good quarterback room again, Milrow. Again, I think these were made before even the like all the coaching mm-hmm. changes, but it's like, okay, I had Milrow, Castellanos, Byron Brown. I don't love Castellanos and Byron Brown's throwing, but they can run a lot, get you that points. Jackson Arnold, Carson Beck, not like Carson Beck's going to light up the world, but I think he's going to be fine getting you in the mid-20s. You know, does Devin Brown transfer somewhere and get that spot? Uh, maybe hitching my wagon to Malachi Nelson, like actually doing something at Boise State. That's something that I really, really want to watch from a Devi standpoint uh, because that would kind of buck all trends of everything that we know and how the transfer portal could really change how – just Devi people look at things. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, uh, Jadon Blue or CJ Baxter, uh, Travian Henderson coming back, Rocket Sanders, I think will be just fine at, at USC. Really excited for Penn State and that offense with the offensive coordinator coming over from Kansas. Um, I think big holes are going to be there. Nicholas Singleton does some work. We'll see if Jonte Cook or Matthew Golden. We'll see what they do at Texas. I I think one of them's going to do something. They might just cannibalize and not really do anything. Everybody left the Notre Dame wide receiver room. So, like, what's Great House do? I'm kind of interested to see how that goes. Uh, then 
if Nico does well, I think Squirrel White does well. So I like Kim at Tennessee this year, kind of a bust last year. Fulfill Ashlock from Hawaii, another year in that system. I, I feel pretty good about. And then we'll see what Syracuse does. LaQuint Allen, kind of a bust last year. And then you bring Kyla McCord in. You bring a, the cornerbacks coach from Georgia to be the head coach. Brings in some Georgia guys. I think he's a really, really good recruiter. We'll see what that does to LaQuint Allen and Syracuse. It's not like the ACC is super hard. I think they also miss a couple of the big names. Evan Stewart going over to Oregon. I really like, you know, is he just going to do what um, Troy Franklin Troy Franklin did? I think he's dynamic. You know, if Minnesota's going to – Minnesota brought in like two or three transfer running backs, but if Darius Taylor, the freshman, is the guy and he gets 38 carries like he did in the yeah. game, it's like, you know, volume's king. Genty, Damian Martinez – I really think that uh, Justice Haynes is going to be the starting running back for Alabama. And Kalen DeBoer had uh, – what's his name? Uh, Fresno State that is now with the Rams. Um, but he did pretty well. I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, and then you've got Dylan Johnson who does well at Washington. Yep. So I, I think he's going to be that guy. Uh, Jalen Royals, I really like at Utah State. So, in general, there's a lot. Ollie Gordon, you mentioned. We'll see what Clemson does there with Tyler Brown. He'll be, I think, the slot guy. Antonio Williams was the slot. Then he got hurt. So, I don't know how that works out. But Clemson's wide receiver room is a mess. And there's a lot of really guys coming in. We're not going to talk about them this week. We'll maybe talk about them next week. TJ, it's TJ Moore, right? Like I really like, yep. I really like him. Um, I think he just got a fifth star not that long ago. So, really, really like him. He's really yeah, good. He's, um, yeah, that's why I'm number one. Screw you guys. Um, but wide receiver is my weakness, like you mentioned, and that's something I need to address in the draft. Which again, feel pretty good about. There's a lot of opportunities out there, Jacob. Who's your number one? So my number one is me. No way. Yeah. Well, that's that can't be right because I'm number one. Not on my rankings. It's so. Me. So like I said last year, and I'll say it again: this 2024 is my year. <laughs> 2024 is my year. Okay. I guess the reasons I'm so optimistic is I think Riley Leonard landing in Notre Dame. <coughs> You could see him having a very good year. I think he's a better than was it Sam Hartman? Yep. Sam Hartman was putting up nearly thirty points a game. So then Phil Moffa coming back was just like a gift. Cause if he gets all the carries in that offense, we're probably looking at at least a top ten running back for the year, just in touchdowns alone. I mean, that offense is still gonna score. Um then after that. I think Jeremiah Hunter getting out of Cal and going anywhere. Like That's great. We're, we're, we're probably looking at like two to three more points per game uh, out of him. Got Kavorian Barnes coming back. Um, obviously, last year was a little bit of a disappointment for him because I kind of planned on him being much better, but still respectable. I think if everything remains the same at UCLA, TJ Harden could be in for a monster year. 
Um, but yeah, to your point, like it's going to be running backs that are going to carry me unless I draft a lot of wide receivers and hit on them, obviously. But then I even my quarterback situation, I need more guys that I know for sure are going to be the starters. But at the same time, I kind of have guys on my roster that go boom when they play, even if they play bad. Like Ja'Curry Brown, he still averaged in his one start 29 points. So, I don't know. I like where the team's at, but there's definitely some holes I can fill. I mean, sounds just like a championship unit. What do you mean? Your it team. is a championship unit. Yeah. Big old unit. <laughs> you know what? I'd like to tell you about my unit, but that's a long story. Long and thin. <laughs> All right. Well, that uh, that does it with our recap of uh, of our college, I guess, kind of power rankings of where we sit pre-draft, uh, why you guys pretty much all suck, and we're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe we both were number one. Yeah, we were both number one. Uh, you were number four in mine. I was number four in yours. Uh, who, mainly... who could have seen this coming? I mean, not me. What I didn't see coming was Chad being last. Yeah. In both of ours. Like, we both agree, like, Chad sucks. Yeah. And we both, and we both think that newcomer, Daniel, can figure it out enough. Like, you think he can figure it out so much that you have him above Ian. And then, of course, Dennis. Like, Dennis is always down there. Yeah. But yeah. What do you think about that, Ian? You have the new guy who's going to. Be better than you. I mean, I, I might as well just write it in. Ian's finishing six. He finishes six every year and then gets bounced first round of the playoffs. That's just like what he does. And then he like competes. He comes down the last two weeks about okay, am I gonna make it or not? He gets in, he bounces. That's just that's what Ian does. I will say that this time of year is always surprising because it's always when I look back at like where guys finished. And in points per game, the number 10 players just sitting out there. Wow. Haynes King used to be a member (laughs) member on my team. Yeah, he had a great year last year. Georgia Tech had a great year last year. Jacob, we got the Senior Bowl going on right now. Mm -hmm. Are there any measurements or any Pro Bowl talk or Senior Bowl talk that you want to mention this week? Senior Bowl is tough. Just because there's, there seems to be people that will hype everyone up. And then there's also other people who are like, everyone sucks. Mm-hmm. So it's tough to really gauge. I think the best read I have on it so far is that some of the guys who did really well, Lad McConkey, but that kind of setting is like built for him and his skill set. I think it's also telling that usually every year there is a player typically a wide receiver who leaves after day one. They pretty much get told or, you know, hey, you don't need to do anything more. Uh, Last year, I believe it was probably rookie of the year, um, Rams wide receiver, Puka Nukua. This year, no one left after day one. So that's something. 
today was day three. There was no Roman Wilson. So maybe Roman Wilson, he did, it seems like, string together. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm just following people who are just the hype men, but it seemed like he strung together a couple solid days, uh, really working the middle of the field slash, you know, not the down the field stuff, but close to the line of scrimmage stuff and, and just doing well overall there. So I think stock up for Roman Wilson. It also uh, torn bicep for Rasheen Ali. Uh, he was out yesterday and today. He left. Uh, I think they said it is like a six to nine month recovery. He'll be a UDFA. Yep. Sucks. Pro- he probably won't do anything now. Um, let's see here. Lad McConkie, you said, d- is doing really well. I think he'll go somewhere. But I am surprised that he is still practicing and like hasn't been told hey, you don't need to do anything more. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, I will say like consensus. Um, I guess the DBs and the offensive linemen have looked really good at the senior bowl. So real football wise, if you're looking for your team to draft, you know, a senior player or something, I guess the underclassmen are at the senior bowl this year too. So I don't know. But the DBs and the offensive linemen looked really good. I think Ray Davis um, I've just seen a few highlights of like he's made some really good plays at the Senior Bowl. I just wish he was—he's not going to test fast. I don't think so. I think he would. I just wish he was a little bit faster. But I do, I do like him. Sounds he's like he's a thick boy. Uh, I think Marshawn Lloyd put together a good day today. Uh, we're recording this Thursday night of February first, but yeah, it sounds like he put together a good day. Um, sounds yeah, like I think it's just hard to put. Yeah. Hard to figure out what running backs do in this setting. I think um, at the combine, Devontae Walker is probably going to light it up, but it sounds like he's kind of a one-trick pony. Yeah, he he like, was really fast. He yeah. was the fastest laser time at the Senior Bowl, uh, or, but can't. Everything got, I read basically said that he's good on go balls, but then uh, outside of that, he doesn't really do a whole lot. So and he's been dropping a lot. Sounds like he's got ping pong paddles for hands at the senior ball, senior bowl right now. So, um, Michael Pratt's hands measured in kind of similar to Kenny Pickett. Oh uh, yeah. Not great there. Not great. Sounds like Bo Nix having a hard time, uh, with his footwork. No, uh, can't believe it. Is he, having, um, if he is he struggling to throw deep? Sure is. He can throw. Oh. He can throw uh, short. <laughs> um, Joe Milton. Uh, I believe the quote I read was, "He couldn't," and it, it didn't really make sense to me, but it kind of makes sense. Dude couldn't hit a barn, but he could throw it through a barn. Well, if you can't hit the barn, how can you throw it through it? But I understand. Yep. <laughs> but it sounds like he's just launching them and like just nothing close and has no touch on the ball, which is pretty similar to what we saw there at Tennessee. Um, yeah. I mean, sounds like Spencer Radler's done pretty good. Fine. Yep. He's so. going to impress, though. He's got a big arm. He's got, he's pretty accurate. Um, I guess some measurement stuff like Jacob Cowing is definitely very small. It sounds and like he's really getting like, bullied. Yeah, he's struggling against press. So, like, you're basically 
basically, if he's going to work in the NFL, he's got to be in the slot no matter what. Can't play outside at all. Then you've got Jaheim Bell. Kind of mentioned it in the chat, but he, he measured in at 6'1". Even Shannon Sharp was 6'2". And he was the last 6'2 uh, tight end to really do anything. So, You know, and I think the thing that Jaheim Bell... I'm trying to remember where he was before Florida State. I think South it was South Carolina. Carolina. They really utilized him because he had like... I don't remember, but he had several... He had like 72 rushes. He had... Mm-hmm several touchdowns he's like i think he'd be a really good fullback like you know There's only and like, i think they really utilized him very very well compared to what florida state did the problem is there's only like two teams in the nfl that utilize a fullback in any of their packages anymore so 49ers and who ravens maybe yeah, at one point ravens used to maybe they don't anymore i don't know they don't really have the personnel for it now do they i don't think so but so, any other things you want to talk about Senior Bowl-wise? No, that's pretty much it. I, I did see that Brendan Rice, um, Jerry Rice's son, kind of had a decent Senior Bowl, but struggled to get open, but was physical enough to make catches and all that jazz. He's a, bit, he's a little bit bigger, so yep. might be something there. So, going forward at the end, uh, each one of us are going to pick a player to highlight. Um, kind of the the prescription that I want to do for this is, you know, one of us pick whatever, but then next week we pick something different. So if I pick a returning wide receiver next week, I need to do a freshman running back, and then I need to do something else or I guess I don't have to do a freshman, but I do a running back. So I kind of go back and forth and, you know, quarterbacks are, are really, really tough. Tight ends are really, really tough. So we're going to really focus on just wide receivers and, and running backs in this. And then if we have guests on throughout the year, we'll have them give their input. But yeah, the idea is Jacob, myself and tweet. will will break down one player. If there is a player that you want us to talk about, drop it in the chat. One of us will pick them up and and talk about them. But, yeah, we're trying to, if you don't know about them, just try to give you our thoughts uh, about them. So, Jacob, who do you want to highlight here in week one? So, week one, I am highlighting a slightly undersized wide receiver playing out of the slot. Not my usual go-to. Eric Singleton Jr. He's a wide receiver out of Georgia, Georgia Tech. He's 5'11", 173 out of Douglasville, Georgia, which I believe is 6A Georgia football. So not the highest level of Georgia football, but up there. Good competition. Um, in high school, he ran a 10-200 meter and a 20.7-200 meter. That is cooking. That's very, very fast. So his 2023 uh, true freshman season, he was he had 48 receptions, for 714 yards and six touchdowns. The Georgia Tech offense took a big step forward from 2022 to 2023. They went from averaging 324 yards a game to 424, and they returned most of their skill players for the 2024 season. My forecasting model thinks that Georgia Tech takes another step forward 
So really what you could be getting is a kind of a dynamic weapon in an offense that is on the rise. And two more years at least of eligibility. All right. My guy that I want to highlight is Miami wide receiver uh, Xavier Restrepo. He is 5'10", 198. He is a senior. He kind of plays out of the slot. Um, he kind of plays a little bit everywhere, but um, so he is returning this year. He had 85 receptions on 120 targets for 1,092 yards and six touchdowns. A quiet thousand yard uh, receiver. Uh, he also did have the um, the roommate narrative. Um, with Graham Mertz, I believe. I believe he roomed there with Graham Mertz. So, yeah, I mean, he had that going on. But he finished as wide receiver 35 last year with 17.86 points per game in our, our um, league, which if you're getting 18 points per game out of a wide receiver, I feel like that's pretty good. Uh, after we have guys that graduate, um, plus guys that are on teams, he is wide receiver 16 that's available. Wait, what? There's 15 wide receivers that score more points per game than Xavier Restrepo available in our supplemental? Yup. So if you need a wide receiver, take a look at uh, who's on the board. We'll continue to talk about these names. Um, but yeah, uh, Lincoln Victor was a slot wide receiver at Washington State. Why are you talking about Washington State, Luke? Well, Cam Ward comes in from Washington State to Miami to be the quarterback, and Lincoln Victor was wide receiver 22 last year at 19.51 points. So I think if you want Xavier Restrepo, I mean, we'll see what um, Clawson does there. I haven't, I've, I've looked at what quarterbacks do. I haven't really looked at what wide receivers do in that system but it seems like either system wise or cam ward wise he likes the slot xavier restrepo is going to be in the slot and i don't think he finishes worse than wide receiver 30 so you're going to get we start three wide receivers and five flex like you yeah a week in and a week out uh, started there with Xavier Restrepo. Tweet didn't write a guy down. He didn't have anything. He didn't prepare. Even for like we had this stuff in last week. He wasn't. He wasn't even prepared last week. So tweet when you do get back, um, you're gonna have to you know really put something together. I don't think you'll get lucky and just pull a name out of your ass like Tez Johnson. You know. So that a little bit longer. This week, but we had a lot to talk about uh, for missing a week and whatnot. But is there anything else that you want to bring up, Jacob, before we call it a night? No, not really. All right. Well, I think the recap, uh, Ian, I'll just throw Nate in there too. You guys can suck it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's about all I have. Uh, go 49ers in the Super Bowl. Boo. Uh, Oh, wait. They're playing the Chiefs. Oh. Ooh. We need a tie. We need a tie. But, yeah, that's all I got. So, 
Don't forget, hey, it's draft season coming up. Don't forget to draft your studs and then start them. And that'll do it for us. And Jacob, don't hate the player. Hate the game. And I'm Triple H. Good night. See ya.